This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. People always ask, no, why don't you have like seafood and lobster on your menu and filet mignon and steak? You know, I can make it. I went to culinary school, don't get me wrong. But I'm still like old school pizza, ponzo's pasta. That's my go-to thing. It's comfort food for a lot of people. You give somebody a pizza and I hand them over that box, their face lights up. Or when kids come over and watch me make the pizza, they're, they're so intrigued. They're so happy just watching me make a pizza. Getting that satisfaction is, is amazing. That's Giorgio Tavarniti. He's the owner of Frank's Pizza House in Toronto, who is passionate about his art, family, and tradition when it comes to pizza and pasta. So for the people that don't know your story, your journey, take a few minutes and walk us through who Giorgio is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm Giorgio Tavaniti, uh, father of six, owner of Frank's Pizza House in Toronto. <laughs> uh, my journey's been up and down. Uh, I've been running my family restaurants for as long as I can remember. At the age of 19, 20, I was diagnosed with open angle glaucoma, and I thought nothing of it. Took drops all my life. Uh, until a few years ago, where things got pretty bad, and ended up losing the vision in one uh, my right eye, and then slowly, slowly, now I'm losing the vision in my left eye, <laughs> uh, and making pizzas has become a real challenge for myself, but I still love it. <laughs> You've got a passion for it, definitely, definitely. And I noticed that with cooking, whenever there's food involved, whether we have sight or not, if you have that passion for it, it all turns out the same. <laughs> Yeah. Right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You just need love. I always tell people, just put some love into it and they'll come up really, really good. Exactly. Now you mentioned that it's a family business. Correct. Was this a business that's been around for quite some time? Yeah. So Frank's has been around since 1965. So I, I can probably say we're probably one of the oldest in Toronto right now. Wow. Uh, we've had it. My family's had it since 97. I believe we've been running it. Uh, we used to be located at Dufferin and Rogers and we moved to St. Clair and uh, Lansdowne area in the 90s. Uh, and we've been operating out of there. It's, yeah, family, me, my wife is kind of overtaken out over the operations of now because of my condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, two wait staff. My dad's over here from overseas helping out at the moment because of COVID. Uh, I have a couple of drivers. So, yeah, it's pretty tight-knit family-run business. Do you get your kids involved in the business? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I have them make boxes, uh, put stuff away, fill up the pop fridge. There's always, you know, owning a restaurant or being in the restaurant industry, if you're not doing something, there's a problem. There's always something to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And with six kids, God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Do any of them show an interest in pizza making? Uh, I have my oldest daughter is a really good baker, Charisma. Really? Uh, yes, but I don't know if I want my kids to get in the business. Isn't that usually the, the thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I've I've been locked down all my life. I I go into the restaurant like at ten in the morning, and I don't leave until midnight. This is my life, right? So I don't know if I would want this for like my if you know my kids to do this or if they can handle doing this. It's tough. Now, is that how you got started in the kitchen? It was kind of passed down to you. Absolutely. So my parents had the restaurant, and you go in, and and that's it. You just help out. You do your part. Right. And then unfortunately, my mom passed away a few years ago. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. My mom was my business partner mm-hmm. uh, my entire life. So uh, she passed away of cancer about three years ago. And then uh, now it's just me. And now I've handed it over to my wife because of my condition. But 
it's a tough, tough business. You have to have thick skin, uh, willing to work through thick and thin. But, you know, as long as you have passion for it, you, you, you'll succeed. I know. I mean, you have to have the passion for it, especially with the long hours, I would assume. Yeah. But on the upside, you meet a lot of great people. Oh, tons of interesting people. That's the best part. <laughs> you were mentioning you can tell someone's order when they walk in. Definitely. Uh, I, a guy walks in the door and I'll be like, this guy's going to get a pizza with like anchovies or pepperoni <laughs> <laughs> or pineapple. And they're like, how do you know? I'm like, pineapple. Oh, this guy's gonna Okay, yeah, can we just can we just touch on the pineapple part? <laughs> what are your thoughts on pineapple? Because I know who Ooh. mine are. Yeah, so pineapple. My theory is, listen, it's available all year round here in Canada. Mm-hmm. You can buy it in a can. You can buy it fresh. As a restaurant operator, offer the goddamn pineapple. You can make the extra two dollar sale. There's the diplomatic answer. Right? So you're being Switzerland right now. You're staying neutral. Yes, neutral. Do I have it on my pizza? Listen, if I came over, if I came over your house and you ordered pineapple on your pizza, I would eat it. Would you? Yeah, I wouldn't order oh, it. Oh, you're a better person would, than me. But but I would eat it, and I wouldn't say anything. But that's me. What do people tell you about your your restaurant? Well, they love it because it's a family run business. So they come there and they see me the, uh, well all the time, right? So I'm I'm there all the time. They see my wife, my dad, and my kids there, and and people can relate to that because we're in a community. You know, of course, Otaya, you know, we have a great community there on St. Clair West. And what you're not mentioning, because I frequent, is <laughs> you have the best friggin' pizzas and calzones I've had. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good. And the calzone, honestly, is is the size of my whole body. Like, it's just, I just want to dive into the plate and eat my way out of it. It's so you good. Your, you, you get yours fried or baked, man? I get mine baked. Oh, you got to go fried. I know, oh. I did the fried. I, that's, that was my go-to, is the fried. But then I got older, got cholesterol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all so good. Yeah, I'll get mine fried and my wife gets hers baked, but she'll eat my corner of the fried one. I'm like, that's the best that's part. That's the best part is the corner. Yeah. What was one of the recipes that took you the longest to perfect in the restaurant? Ooh, probably the sauce, the, the pasta sauce. Because my mom was in charge of the sauce. And being there with her all the time, I, I helped her make it and whatever. But after she passed away, I... For me to get it exactly how she made it took me <laughs> took me a while. Even though I did it exactly the same forever, I was at her. I was her sidekick for for, the, for my entire life. What's your signature pizza? Ooh. And what would you drink with that? Like, what would you? What drink would you pair with it? Ooh, so I'm I'm a red wine guy. That's my go to. Okay. And I, I I like anchovies, so I'll do pepperoni, anchovies, and some hot peppers. That's no my go to. Yeah, that's my go to. You know, I haven't had an anchovy pizza in years. Oh, it's good. Like, do you get a lot of that saltiness or it's just like a hint? No, no, I I like to put enough saltiness. I'll be (laughs) drinking water all night. (laughs) So if you had to describe your cooking style, how would you describe it? Home style cooking, nothing fancy. Uh, I I went to culinary school, don't get me wrong. Uh, But I'm still like, you know, old school pizza, ponzos, pasta. Uh, That's my go-to thing. Uh, it's comfort food for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people always ask me, oh, why don't you have like seafood and lobster on your menu and filet mignon and steaks? You know, I can make it, but that's not my go-to thing. That's not what makes people happy and comfortable. You give somebody a pizza, when I hand them over that box, their, their face lights up. When kids come over and watch me make the pizza, they're, they're so intrigued. They're so happy just watching me make a pizza. Getting that satisfaction is, is amazing. 
Okay, we're going to go to social media and see what people want to know from one of T.O.'s most old school pizza shops. Jazz from at Dehal asks, what can you use in pizza dough if you don't have yeast? Ooh, uh, beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has some yeast in it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Any amount of beer or? Depending how much you're doing, uh, I, I'd say maybe like half a cup or something. Even if you had an old piece of dough, you can add that into the mix because the old dough will help it activate the new batch. Next question. Rosa from at Rorody1. What flour is better to use when making pizza? Double zero because of the higher protein or all-purpose flour? What do most people use and why? Okay, so the all-purpose flour is what most people use. The double zero flour is amazing. The best part of the double zero is, or to get the best benefit of the double zero, if you're using it on a, in a wood-burning oven, mm-hmm. that's, when, that's when I would use double zero flour. But for home baking, all-purpose is great for pizza. At John John 2447 how many pizzas have you rolled so far? Ooh, everybody asks me that. <laughs> everybody, how many, I, you know what? I don't even keep track how many pizzas I make on a day. I've never kept track. But if you do the math, it's been 30 years. I'm 46. I've been making pizzas since about 16, 17. Minimal 50 to 60 pizzas a day. <laughs> right? Uh, minimal. Right? I'm working seven days a week. It's, it's a lot of, a lot of pizzas. Chi-Chi's Pizza and Wings Parkdale at at Chi-Chi's Parkdale asks, how has the pizza industry changed in the last 10 years and have people's tastes changed, i.e. more vegetable toppings versus meat toppings? And if that's the case, do you think it's because people are more diet conscious? Good question. So the industry has changed quite a bit. We went from uh, traditional uh, R-style pizza, which is deck-style pizza, to the Neapolitan-style pizza. That was the first change. We saw a lot of these, uh, you know, wood-burning oven pizza shops opening up throughout Toronto. Uh, and a, a, a dietary change, we get a gluten-free become very big. We've adapted that as well. But yeah, we have a lot of vegetarian-based toppings uh, at the restaurant. We sell tons of roasted peppers, artichokes, zucchini on a pizza where before it was strictly your basic pizza I remember 10 years ago would be pepperoni bacon now it's like you know can I have some of that fiore di latte <laughs> with zucchini and it's like that's gonna be yeah I don't, I don't care how much it is like that's what I want the people know what they want now then whole wheat came in the picture yeah yeah would you say whole wheat was the next kind of craze and then followed by gluten free absolutely yeah you're, you're on the money yeah I remember the whole wheat I even tried making my whole whole wheat pizza though yeah it was okay but it was it was it would it gave us so much more work to do so now i would have to do whole wheat and every other size and then that kind of died off now gluten-free came along i was lucky enough to find a good good source of a supplier with who supplies me with a nice gluten-free crust and i've been very happy with it but the industry has changed dramatically the industry and then we have last question from at scooter 0606 how is toronto pizzeria taking precautions with the takeout orders I have been reluctant to order anything lately. Uh, we've had a, a contactless uh, pickup. We have a table set up on the outside and a table set, on, set up on the inside where we have six feet apart from each other, where you can easily hand over the food, no contact whatsoever. We're scrubbing down the restaurant on an hourly basis. Uh, the amount of people that are working in the restaurant have been the same people for the last 35 days. Uh, hence, 
why we don't have pizza drivers anymore because my drivers come and go. Some of the guys have roommates, so that's why we eliminated our own pizza drivers. Uh, so right now in the restaurant, it's been the same people: me, my wife, my dad, uh, one other worker who's been there from day one, and my kids. Same people. Nobody else comes in and out of that restaurant. Can they order through Uber Eats?、Um... Yes, yes. So we're on Uber Eats. Skip the dishes. We have all the links set up on our Instagram, where you can touch a button and it brings you right to our Uber Eats page. But I find a lot of people right now one are trying to support local restaurants, and they're picking it up. So it's great. It's great. We haven't lost many, many calls due to the not having drivers. And once we explain to them, we're doing it for their safety, trying to avoid as minimal contact with different people in the restaurant. They understand. Tell us a bit about your food fund that's been helping people out throughout this pandemic. Somebody called me and wanted to donate money to us、uh, because it was when COVID first started. Uh, now I'm not sure if the the gentleman felt sorry because of my, my eye condition he heard about and whatnot. And I said, listen, I, I can't take your money. There's no way. It was a great deal of money. I said, listen, I'll take the money under one condition. We put the money aside. Whoever needs my food during this COVID situation, I will feed them. And this gentleman put it out there, and I've been feeding people since COVID until yesterday. Uh, before I left the restaurant, at,、uh, I was waiting for my ride up until midnight, and I got a call from a lady at midnight. Saying, "Listen," and she started explaining, "Tell me, I have a disability. I'm not going to get paid until like tomorrow, which would be to the end of the month, and I'm going to get my money. Can I get some food?" And I said, "You want me to make you something now?" She goes, "No,、I'm, this is for tomorrow." I said, "No problem. Come tomorrow at lunch." And and and, and every day we get calls from people who are just because of the situation, either waiting for money from the government,、uh, lost their job, of course,、uh, or just. You know, can't afford a basic meal. I had a lot of men coming、uh, and felt bad, and you can see, and they didn't want to take advantage of the whole, like getting a whole pizza,、mm-hmm. because they were just by the on their own. So we we created a banner saying、uh, pizzas, and I've never sold pizza slices on Saint Clair. So pizza slices zero to three dollars, or pay what you can. Oh, that's incredible! Yeah, so people will come and and they'll give you like fifty cents, and 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 like, hey, it's okay, don't worry about it, and I'll give back to you. And you know, they just want to feel good about giving you a little bit for that slice because everyone's struggling in their own way through this. Yeah, and like I even created a post、uh, a while back ago, where、right? you know, when you're ordering your your meal, don't explain your situation. I don't, you don't have to explain yourself. Then just say you want to take、uh, take advantage of the fun, and that's it. I, I love, I love what you're doing. I really do, and it's giving back. Yeah, you 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 have to. Like, I have food. Some of my other friends in the in the business say, say to me, "But how do you know people are not going to take advantage of you?" I'm like, "Take advantage of me for what? For for a pizza? For a plate of pasta? Big deal." I get that question a lot, and I think it comes from where we come from. We have this condition, and in most times, it's an invisible disability. Yeah. So we're always being questioned. Always, always, and I think always. That's why I take on the approach of I don't question anyone. <laughs> If no, you tell me that's what it is, that's what it is. Absolutely. So we have we have quite a bit of money still left in the fund, and I'm gonna you know, and, and the funny thing is, people keep on calling us to donate to the fund, and and there's like how much should I donate? And I'm like, put, like if you put five ten dollars in, that that goes a long way. I can make a couple of pizzas, and they're like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, like if you that that that's what you want, like. That's more than enough. It adds up, Mary. We have quite a bit good fun going, and I can feed people for for a while. If someone wants to donate food for someone, if someone needs food, 
and wants to to reach out to you for help? Just call us. Just call us at the restaurant and say I want to take advantage of the fun and I want to I want to eat something. And it's Frank's Pizza House on Sinclair. Yeah, on Sinclair. Yeah, just call me, hit me up, and then whatever you want. You, you, if you know somebody who needs something, you can pick up for somebody else as well. Like I have pizza, I have dough, I have pasta. I can make you whatever you want to eat. You know. So how about a recipe? Do you have a recipe for me that we can share? Yeah, definitely. probably one of our, our go-to things uh, for pasta dishes, I'd say, is our penne con pollo. Basically, it's a cream sauce, a 35% heavy cream reduced with some Parmesan goat cheese, a little bit of pesto. Mm-hmm. Uh, we add some uh, grilled chicken breast, roasted peppers, red onions, and we just let everything uh, blend together. Nice. Yeah, we've had that on the menu since day one we opened on Sinclair. And it's been popular uh, for dine-in and takeout. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. I'm talking with Giorgio Taverniti, the owner of Frank's Pizza House and one of the oldest pizza businesses in Toronto. Keeping tradition alive, one pie at a time. I want to kind of tap into um, your condition, your eye condition, mm-hmm. and... How has that been managing a degenerative condition? It can be difficult and it can be discouraging at times, especially us from who we we've had it, but it's been a, a slow progression over time that we've been losing it, losing right. our sight. Yeah. How do you keep up a positive approach to, you know, your work life and, and all of that through all of this? Uh, my family, I'd say I have six kids I got to worry about. Yeah. If I if I get down on myself uh, and give up, what kind of example am I going to set for my kids? Right. Right. Knowing now at my stage in my advanced glaucoma that I am eventually going to go blind, uh, I feel my eyes like getting worse. In the one eye, the one eye I can't see it up completely, but the other eye I can see it diminishing. I can say like weekly, I can see me bumping into more stuff and 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 having more difficult time just doing basic tasks. Uh, but I, I still can't let that get to me because I still have to continue. I still have to be there for my kids no matter what. But who's there for you? <sighs> you got to be strong, Harry. Right? I know. I know. And I asked the question because it's it's something that I've had to learn. Yeah. And I appreciate, you know, we have to be there for our loved ones. And you, you've got six kids like you mentioned. Yeah. You know, you have to be there for them. But at the same time, don't forget about yourself. I know. And I, I think one thing about the restaurant uh, industry, you kind of learn solidarity, right? So you, yeah. you you spend a lot of time on your own. So you know yourself. Being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you really have to know yourself. So that's kind of helped me in that sense, because I spent a lot of time by myself at the restaurant, late evenings, early mornings. I, I definitely have come to terms with the, this glaucoma and I, I'm not going to beat it because unfortunately there's nothing they can do except take drops for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to adapt. Uh, you know, I, I'm on the verge uh, of selling my restaurant because of this. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I just, uh, my doctors and, and myself, I keep on hurting myself. Burns, uh, dropping stuff, forgetting to cut stuff <laughs> and putting pizzas in boxes. Yeah. I've cut something, uh, you know, small little mistakes uh, like that. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you just have to take it easy and step back a little bit. If you were to hold on to your business, what do you think that that would look like? What kind of help changes? What would make you feel confident that that your business is running how you would l- want it to run? Yeah, I would need somebody that can 
put 110% like I do. As somebody who can deal with my uh, customers or requests and make them feel comfortable uh, in front of the house, and, you know, uh, with my, my orders coming in, there's a lot to a restaurant than just making a pizza. So if I need, I need somebody like side by side, uh, you know, if my vision gets any worse, uh, you know, just all the small detail stuff to pick up, pick up the stuff behind me. So you need a manager. Yeah. Yeah. A manager with love. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because that's what you do. You do everything with love. You lead with that. Yes. Tell me about your kitchen. What would you like to change or what's working for you in your kitchen right now? One thing I'd love to change is the lighting. I hear you. Of our heads. <laughs> I feel like wearing my sunglasses uh, when you're cooking back there. And uh, maybe a bit more space now that the vision is kind of going, making the alley a bit wider. So I'm not bumping the other person into the stove. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You never think of these things when you have full vision because you just cut yourself in a bit, right? But when you don't see the other person there, you're shoving them off to the side. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is there anything that right now works for you in the kitchen? Yeah, I leave all my stuff at a certain place. So as long as nobody comes and moves my stuff around, I can relocate my knife, my condiments, the shakers, everything. You know, I have a certain system. Right. Mm-hmm. Same as my pizza station. Uh, it works for me because I have it laid out a certain way. If somebody comes and moves it around, boy. Oh, yeah. It's like finding where's Waldo. Yeah. <laughs> That's why like, I find it more comfortable here at the restaurant for me than at my house. Because at my house with the six kids and my wife, definitely things get shifted around in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Here, it's just a few people and chances of it, you know, it's much easier. But at home, the kids, I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> What if you weren't running the kitchen? What would you like to be doing instead? Like what's something new that you would, you know, feel free to explore? People always tell me that I, uh, people gravitate towards me. So it's something towards uh, helping other people, counseling, or what, a friend of mine keeps on telling me I should do a podcast. People, you know, it would definitely open up to me. I would like to do food reviews in person. Uh, not more reviews, but more of, uh, food storytelling of, of restaurant. There's so many things I can still do. I I think uh, without the vision, not me being able to cook on an everyday basis, but still I have other uh, benefits I can make. Are you up for a couple of games? Sure. Okay, so I've got rapid fire. Besides cheese and sauce, what's your top two for toppings? I'd say anchovies and pepperoni is my go-to. What's the ultimate pizza beverage? A nice glass of red wine. Italian red wine. Fold or no fold when you eat your pizza? Ooh, fold. Fold. <laughs> what pizza <laughs> or pizzeria made you want to get into the pizza game? Bitondos. As a kid, my mom worked there. Yes. Uh, yeah, and we lived like we lived like four or five houses away from Bitondos. Did you so really? My mom worked. Yeah, we did on Clinton Street. And uh, after school, I was allowed to hang out in the back because I was a good boy, a good little kid. And... Uh, I got to hang out in the back, and, and that's where I think I got a lot of my inspiration from that place back then. If you had to order pizza from another pizzeria, which would it be? Ooh, good one. Uh, I'm a big fan. Attic Libretto, Pizza Libretto. Mm-hmm. A great pizza. Uh, now, if I have to go to like a big chain, Pizza Nova for a big chain if I had to. When does pizza taste the best? At the end of the night when you sit down. All done work, and I make myself a pizza around midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's when it tastes the best. 
<laughs> Nobody around, dim lights in the restaurant, and you, you get to enjoy. All right. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Ooh, super. <laughs> to see property, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love to ask all my guests to share a kitchen confession with us. Do you have one? Yeah, a kitchen confession. Ooh. I was making a cheesecake for somebody. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, instead of putting the sugar, oh, George picked up the wrong container, red salt. <laughs> <laughs> I put the salt in. Uh, so I bring it over to, I, would think, I think it was Thanksgiving like last year. <laughs> and this is when I really noticed I had eye problems. Uh, somebody took the first bite and they were chewing it. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, like what's wrong? And they spit out the, the cheesecake. And, and I'm like, I, and right then and there, I'm like, I put salt <laughs> instead of the sugar in the cheesecake. I mean, I'm laughing because I've done it. Yeah. I've done it. But what's even funnier is every single guest shares a Thanksgiving fail. Yeah. I would say probably 80%. It's a Thanksgiving issue. Oh, I was so embarrassed. And and that's when my wife says, but he, and she kind of told the people at the tables who were at my sister-in-law's family's house. And there's a few, uh, you know, her aunts and uncles who didn't know I couldn't see. Yeah. Uh, and she told them, and I was so embarrassed first because of the salt. And then they, they found out that I couldn't see properly. At the time. Oh I, I was like melting in my seat. Right. Isn't that but the I worst? You can feel the heat rush right to yeah. the top of your head. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I, and I, I made not one cake. There was four cakes. I made that day. <laughs> four cheesecakes. <laughs> oh. I'm so sorry. I'm laughing at it. But if we don't laugh, I mean, we can't be too serious about everything. Yeah, I'd rather laugh than cry. Exactly, exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, talking with me, spending time sharing your stories. It's been so much fun. Thanks for having me, Mary. I appreciate it. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew. And our music this week came from taketones.com. See you at the next episode.